And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word of God. Let it be to us alive, O oh God. Let it not be uh, just something we hear and live, Lord, but let it bring to us a purpose for which you intended for. You said that your word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish, accomplish the purpose that you sent. Now let us be not hearers of the word, but do us also, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now that's a Christmas story that you read. Actually, probably uh, all your life, if you've been at church, we tend to read the same verses at Christmas time. How many have you memorized maybe, or a few at least segments of it? <clears throat> but, um, you know, sometimes I think, I'd be, uh, a question thing, have you ever thought about the deep meaning of, of, of the birth of Jesus? I know sometimes... Um, uh, Many people, even non-believers, are familiar with the story. And sometimes we lose um, what the value of what it is and what it represents just because of how familiar we are with the story. How many would agree with that? Because it's just so common to our culture. Growing up in a Christian technical society, we hear the story over and over again, and we can miss sometimes the deepness and the depth that God has indebted in the simple story that we just read. Even some of the parts that may seem really insignificant of the story, I believe they actually have significance. Um, parts, parts that may seem insignificant to us were ordained to have deeper meaning for us now. That includes when he was born, where he was born, and how he was born. You know, we say that Jesus was born uh, of the virgin, uh, the virgin birth. That's a phenomenal by itself, isn't it? I know with these days with... Uh, um, uh, uh, with science, uh, they, they, could, they could do it with human hands. But it is a miracle when you pause and think about it, that God himself will come down and do a miracle, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. And he would come to our world and, uh, and just the, the, the birth itself, uh, the conception itself, the birth of Jesus was not ordinary birth. It's not like when we were born. Um, uh, heaven was very much engaged with the activity and preparing for this great event that we're celebrating this week. And also, keep in mind that before Jesus was born, his birth had been prophesied throughout the whole Testament. And uh, last week we read in Isaiah, that was 700 years before Christ would come. You think about just that, the probability of that being fulfilled, what was said, (laughs) Um, uh, even by Isaiah, who I, I think, I'm of the opinion, he didn't know the timing. He knew that the Savior was coming. He didn't know how long it would be until he'd be born. And it would take that many years, and everything in great detail will be fulfilled. It, it, the probability of one prophecy being fulfilled to accuracy was so small, yet there were many, many. And so we see in the New Testament the fulfillment of all those prophecies. And then also, another thing that's astounding is the truth regarding Christ. Christ's birth continues to affect us today, 2,000 years later. People are still being saved, healed, delivered, transformed, and blessed today because of what happened then. That's miraculous. No other birth is like that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And you know, one of the things that I think, maybe if it hasn't caught your attention, it at least catches mine. Isn't it amazing, the character and the sight and all the, the, the people that God uh, allowed to use oh, everything that played into the birth of Jesus, the time in historic time that it happened, the characters that were involved, even the towns that were involved in it, they just seem to be 
Unlikely. You know, if the king of kings should come, it should be a little bit more extravagant, something more beautiful, but it's like simple, it's humble. It's like, you know, I, I guess I could go on and on. You're thinking, wow, God could have chose a lot of different options, uh, but somehow he, he chose the, the time and the character and the people that, that he did. It was a very humble entry. And a couple of examples of that are God chose Mary. She referred to herself in Luke 1 as a humble maidservant. She was not famous, popular. She was a young girl, not married. And, by the way, he chose Israel, the nation of Israel, not at Israel's glory days. (laughs) This is Israel when they're not in the glory days at all, the opposite of their glory days. They're under the Roman rule. It's not the days of King Solomon or King David. It was a rough time for Israel, and he chose that time. And he chose a little unknown village, just a dinky little town called Bethlehem. We know it as, oh, Bethlehem. <laughs> back then, it was like, oh, Bethlehem. You know? It was like Bethlehem, Broken bull. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't make names. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> We're trying to stay above it here. Okay. He was also placed in a manger. You know, we think about the words in the Christmas story like stable and manger. They paint a beautiful picture in our heads because we know, we know the end of the story. But back then, it it was a barn and it was a feeding trough. Let me put it in real words for you. That's where he was placed. So talk about a humble entry. Why was the Savior and King born in a place where animals were kept? And why was he laid in the animal's trough? Surely God's son deserved a higher profile birth in like somewhat elegant surroundings at least. But instead, God's own son made his appearance on earth in the lowliest of circumstances. And I have to believe there's more to that story and why. The king of kings was born in very humble circumstances. Yeah. A little, uh, the other thing, you know, look at verse 1 that we just read. It says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. I think what stands out to me right now, and maybe you, you miss this or maybe you, you, you pay attention to it, but Jesus was born during the reign of Augustus, Caesar Augustus. Literally, the greatest empire that has ever walked the planet, who established, it's undisputable even historically, what's the greatest empire to ever walk the planet. And the Roman Empire is like, trumps everything else. There's been some great powers that have come and gone. But the Roman Empire, this guy was the founder. And uh, Jesus was born at the same time. Uh, he, he lived at the same time, born in his, uh, in his uh, um, uh, kingdom, uh, I guess. And, uh, and I think that there's something to that as well. You know, you have the greatest king on earth and the king of kings. The attention was going on with, uh, uh, with Caesar. You know, everybody feared him. Everybody respected him. This guy had come in. He turned the Roman Republic a little. I like history anyway. Just a little history lesson here. When he, when he took the Republic of Rome, which was a very, it was a, it was a, actually much like our government right now. In fact, we take a lot of our ideals from the original Roman Republic. And he's the one that changed the laws and became the empire and, and, and turned things. And he had absolute power overall. But people did not fight it or resist it because he brought so much prosperity. He brought so much development that people actually literally worshipped him. You know, they say that uh, Caesar found Rome a brick and he made it marble. He, 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 uh, he had uh, even a month named after him. We actually happened to get married on, 
in Caesar's, uh, you know, month, you know. And, uh, and, and, you, and, 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 and as time passed, they even called him a god. They built shrines and uh, uh, temples after him. You know, surely uh, nobody could be ever, be ever greater than Caesar. The world was at his hands. He could do anything he wanted to do. And I want to note then, uh, actually verse 1, as I read, it says that, see, think about how powerful he was. He didn't give a decree for everyone to be counted in his kingdom. You know, he says, I want everybody in the world to be counted. Now, he had that authority politically. Now, we have a lot of military power that surpasses their time in terms of technology and all that. But nobody has the political power and ability uh, like he did. Nobody in our time does. (laughs) And so yet... A greater man was living at the very same time as this all-powerful, almost, empire, emperor. (laughs) Although Caesar Augustus, he actually lived and died without even knowing or having heard of Jesus. The man was born in the, the man Jesus was born in the eastern part of Augustus's empire in a tiny little village called Bethlehem. His name was Jesus Christ, right? For many, many years after Christ was born, no one except his family and friends knew or cared anything about his birth or paid the slightest attention to it. I think a lot of times when we hear about the Christmas story, we see the angels telling the shepherds and the wise men are coming at some point in there. And, and so we think a lot of people knew. Actually, nobody really knew what was going on. Uh, nothing, nothing compared to Caesar Augustus at that time. Christ was a Jew the son of a carpenter. As a boy and a young man, he led a very simple and quiet life working in his father's shop. He didn't even start to preach until he was more than 30 years old, and then it was just a few years. Yet today, who do we talk about? Jesus. Who do we still talk about? Jesus. Do we hear about Caesar Augustus? Maybe in our history class. That's it. And Augustus never even heard about Jesus. No, some. I think that's uh, some truth. And I, I, I think, you know, everything in the Word always has some deep significance. And I believe that God chose specifically, there was a purpose. Again, it was prophesied a long time ago, so this was not coincident. It was a work of a master that was very, very, knew very well what he was doing. He understood precisely when he wanted Jesus to come. And I believe the contrast, I think God wants us to allow us to see. The epitome of human power and what it looks like and, uh, and, uh, and how he views power. How he sees effectiveness and how we gauge effectiveness. I think that, that there is a reason and a deeper meaning for Christ. And I, I, I want to go through a few things, maybe three things, of why Jesus had to come in the humble approach. He came uh, in a humble approach as he did. I know we talk about the, the, the newborn king. How many know Jesus is not the little baby anymore? He's a victorious king. Come on, we, he's a victorious king. That's why we celebrate him as the king of kings. Now, Jesus, his humble birth made Jesus, the first thing, if you're writing, this might be good, if, uh, is that he made it uh, uh, more accessible to the most common of people. Jesus is approachable, I guess. He made it approachable. Can you picture Caesar? Even trying to get audience with him. Let's let try it for a moment. Try to get an audience maybe with Kobe Bryant or some musician right now. Any celebrity out there. They're not approachable necessarily. They have some guards and everything. But Jesus had to be 
available to the lowest of citizens, to the lowest of subjects, to the very common man, Jesus had to be available. If, so, if he had come in any other way, I guess only people of privilege will have salvation. Only people of privilege will understand him. But Jesus came to the young, uh, for the young and for the old. He came for the rich and the, for the poor. He came for the educated, for the uneducated. With Jesus, we are all equal. You see, uh, even Caesar would have to bow one day before this king that was born at his time. He is the king of kings, the ruler of all. He talked over and over again about his kingdom. So I don't know if people heard him or they didn't. But over time, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom, there will be no end. My kingdom is forever. You know, he was saying these things, but I don't think in the time going on, they were actually getting it. But yet, God accomplished all that he needed to do, even though it wasn't elaborate, even though it wasn't boisterous even though it wasn't like uh, the most magnificent entry in the world but i believe that is because god wants to be accessible to us he is accessible to us today jesus paid the price on the cross why he wants us to be he's available for us he says when you call on him i will answer you and i will show you great and mighty things that you do not know call on me whoever calls on the name of the lord shall be saved every time we call on him he is available 25 24-7. 24-7. I added an hour. <laughs> I wish that oftentimes when you have little kids that I have at least 25 or 26, but I've tried. <laughs> we know he's approachable because little children came to him. That is such a good picture to us of how approachable Jesus was. And I love that. By the way, we should be approachable as Christians. That's right. Uh, have you ever met a Christian that wasn't very approachable? <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's a good lesson for us to be approachable as well. He also uh, was accessible. I think Sola touched on that a little bit. He was accessible, but to, or Jesus made himself accessible by coming in that manner as well. He, it showed us an example of how accessible he is to us. You know, um, Caesar Augustus had 2,000 personal bodyguards. <laughs> this is his personal bodyguards. This is not his palace guards, blah, 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 blah. 2,000 personal bodyguards. Jesus made it possible for us to speak to him at all times. I mean, how incredible is that? He's just a prayer away. He does not hide himself from us. That's right. We can be accessible to other people the same way we we are accessible to them when we care for them, when we care for people. A lot of times we think we have to plan this big, grand thing to really make a difference in the world. But you know what? It's one life at a time. And actually, Jesus showed us that. Yeah. He, touched and ca- he touched one life at a time. He cared about one life at a time. And that's how he was accessible to us. You know, and, uh, and the third thing is that he is available. Aren't you glad that God is available? He is there for us. Um, uh, <clears throat> he came, his experience, he came to the world. He didn't come in. God could have had, I think, God is God. How many know that God is God? He has a lot of options available to him. He could do what he wants to. But he came and Jesus experienced everything of daily life. He became a man just like you and I. He experienced everything that life, we experience in life. He lived a perfect life. And uh, eventually he would even die for us. He would feel pain. He would feel rejection. When people would, you know, when the tabloids would write a story about him, He'd feel the pain. Well, I'm using today's terminology, but you know people talk. People are people. They still made up stuff. 
about him. When, when, when people would hurt him and just spitefully use him, he would feel that. Why would he do that? Because when we go to him, when we kneel, when we call on him, he understands. He can empathize with us. In Hebrews, he says, we do not have a high priest who, cannot, who does not understand our weaknesses. He came and he died and he, gave, he, he was so available that he laid his life, his very life, for us. I think that is absolutely amazing. Um, uh, that Jesus, the king of kings, would come. He could have done it just like that. But he walked the walk so that when you woke up one day and says, Hey, boy, I feel like the ball rejected me. He says he was rejected by man. He understands. And he says like, Oh, I'm hungry. He was hungry too. I don't have a place to stay. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. He goes, Well, I've been there not having a place to lay my head. I've been there. I understand and I hear you. He accomplished everything for you and I that we ever need. And he empathizes with us. God became man and dwell among us. Would you get my big gift for me? Oh, sure. <laughs> Anything for you. Yeah, thank you. I, um, I brought a really I'm big... I'm points, yeah. <laughs> I, I brought a really big... Ooh, I'm going to mess something up here. Oh. I brought a, real, brought a really big... Oh, isn't this amazing gift? Now, do you remember, try to take yourself back to when you were a little kid, when you see a big present under the tree, your mind, it goes all over the place. It is so exciting. The fact that you have no idea what it is makes it so much more exciting. The fact that it's big makes it so much more exciting. Oh, we had this, uh, actually, we had this right next to our tree because our tree is by our door this morning, and we had wrapped it last night, and um, Tori came down, she's like, oh! I can Guys, understand. there's a huge present by the tree. Like, that's how loud it was. It, the excitement is just beyond, beyond when you have no idea what it is, right? And it's all big and beautiful. I, I need a volunteer. Pastor Dustin, would you, anybody want to volunteer? I, I need a volunteer. Pastor Dustin, would you pick somebody for me, please? All right, okay, Superman, come on up. Come Superwoman, on up. Superwoman. Yeah. You got Superwoman. <laughs> I give her a hand. That's great. <laughs> I want to actually give you this gift. Thanks for being so brave and coming up here. You can open it. Just rip it open, real fast. There you go. Ooh, it's a car seat, huh? It's a car seat. Not really. Open the box. <laughs> this is what you always wanted. <laughs> no, it is not a statement. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> it's not a big announcement. There's a little piece of tape right there. You can just pop it open. Pop the top open. There you go. There you go. No All announcements, right. guys. Not today. Come back next week. No. <laughs> oh. Okay. Hey, that's great. It's you may. It's yours. It's no, your gift. It's for you. Oh. Okay. Oh, oh wow! So sweet. That's what I want my kids to do. Oh, you should come to my house. Oh my god! <laughs> Great, awesome. Okay, wow, that's a nice big gift. Uh, you can. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you you may have to have people move over because that gift may require its own seat there. It's big. It's big. Okay, I have one more gift, Pastor Dustin. Help me out again. Who wants to volunteer to open the next gift? All right. Um, pick the parent. Pick the pick parent. A parent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. All right. Here we go. Okay. 
<laughs> oh, thank you guys. You're so brave to volunteer. Yeah. All right. Now I got one more present. Now this one's not quite as grand. It's not quite as exciting, right? This you can open it for your mom. <laughs> uh, Benjamin. <laughs> oh. Uncle Ben. It's yours. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> That one's for mom. She might spend it on you. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what I want you to notice here is the big grand gift is the thing that the world celebrates. The big, the loud, the boisterous. But where is the value actually? The value is so often in the simple. The simple. And it's just like Caesar Augustus, really, and Jesus. And so many times, the world, we value, we put our, our value on the wrong thing, and we're actually, it, it looks awesome, the big gift, oh, it's cool, she's got something to cuddle with over there, she's having fun with it, <laughs> but the real value, we miss it when we're paying attention to what the world values. Mm-hmm. And I want to just remind you, at Christmas time, if you're feeling really stressed, overwhelmed, sad, I want to remind you to take a look and see where you're putting the value. Where is the value? Because the valuable thing may be off to the side and you're forgetting where the real valuable thing is. And that's where you'll find your peace, your love, your joy, that kind of thing. But also, when we're sharing Jesus with other people, we have to remember what he is so much more valuable than what the world has to offer. Mm-hmm. We keep that in mind this Christmas season. Well, it, You know, the gospel is simple, but it's powerful. It's so powerful. It's powerful to change lives. And we, and we need to remember, just remember all the time where the value is. It might not be in the thing that's blinking lights and big and audacious and loud. But don't miss the thing that's valuable. That's right. You know, <clears throat> the most important thing we could ever give anybody in this life is introduce them. To Jesus, not the baby Jesus, but the Jesus who saves. You know, I was saying, when we go to heaven, um, <clears throat> the only thing you can take there is yourself and other people that you influence to come to know Jesus. We need to make this so important in our lives. People matter to God. The value is in people. Why did God become a person? Because he values people. See, when he created the, the heavens and the earth, he did some phenomenal stuff. I can't wait for eternity to kind of figure out a lot of the galaxy and all that. Uh, you know, I, those, I have a written list of stuff that I'll, I'll check off with Jesus to give me some example. And some of that stuff are, are big. And when you look at the, even the whole, um, the, even just our Milky Way, it's phenomenal to just think about the dynamic of how big the universe is. It's incomprehensible. Okay? And our world is just so small in the middle of all that. But God loved the world. He put so much value in people. He said, let us make man in my own image and my own likeness. And he created us. Uh, when, when everything else was created by just his word, he actually got on the ground and he molded us. And he breathed into, he, the Bible says he breathed into man the breath of life. 
and man became a living being. Christmas, in our culture, and I'm not against this, it can get very commercial. But if people are not getting saved over Christmas, the church of Jesus Christ is missing something very valuable. We need to take that to Jesus. We need to take that to people. The message of Jesus Christ. God became man. God became flesh and dwelt among us. And he says that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the message of Christmas. That is the message of Jesus. It's December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Every time of the year that is the message that is consistent and should be even more so now. When we are celebrating and acknowledging his entry into the world. What a great opportunity we have as God's people. To share the true value of Christmas. Which is Jesus Christ the Lord. It is not always found in the trendiest and the loudest of things. It's not always found in that. In fact, even how many know that our country. Or feel, have a burden for our country. Feeling like we are forgetting God. We are pushing God further. And it gets really frustrating. And we feel like, oh man, if we could just get the right people in office. If we get the right people in the and, 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 and I'm not against getting engaged in the political process, but Jesus had the opportunity during the Roman government. If he thought that was the most effective thing to bring change to the world, he would have done it. He would have overthrown the Roman government. He would have become a celebrity, but he didn't because he knew it's by touching people, by touching people, by touching individuals, by loving people, that by making a difference in people's lives, that the whole world will be turned around if I could just touch a person, like the woman with the, you know, at the well. Jesus gave her personal attention, ministered to her, like she was the best thing, the only thing in the world. And people like that, Zacchaeus, who was a, a man that didn't think much of himself, Jesus will minister to him personally, and he will go and change more. Sometimes we think, that our effectiveness would even be with something grand, something boisterous, something loud. You don't need to have power. You don't need to have money. You don't even need to have any of that stuff to make a difference in people. All you got to need is the love of God in your life and truly care for people and care for them enough that you pray for them, that they will know Jesus if they don't know him. Care for them enough that you will share with them the gift that came to us. In the name of Jesus, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful time of Christmas. We thank you as we reflect upon your gift, as we reflect upon your goodness, as we reflect upon your mercy. We knew that, we know that you didn't have to do it. Oh, but you have shown us your love, oh God, even as it said in the word, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You have shown us mercy. You have shown us love. You have shown us kindness, Lord. And today, as we reflect back on the events of the birth of Jesus, Lord, we look beyond that and we thank you for your greater plan of salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you. We honor you. We give you glory in this house today in the name of Jesus. Jesus, be magnified. Jesus, be glorified. Jesus, be exalted in our lives, we pray in the name of the Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to continue to pray. Just keep your heads bowed. Continue. You might be here today and you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior. Maybe you've heard about him. Yeah, you know a lot about him. But he's not in your heart. You're not living for him. You're not saved. Let's say if you were to die even today, you're not sure where you'll go. Jesus loves you. 
If you are the only person in the world, he'd still do it again for you because he cares for you individually. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning to ask Jesus to come into your life. And as we are praying right now, I want you to just, so I have my eyes open, I'm looking around. I'm going to just ask you to raise your hand and say, Pastor Solo, I want to invite Jesus. I want this Christmas to be about Jesus in my life. I want Jesus to ask him into my heart. I want you to just show me your hand and I'll pray for you. A special prayer before we end. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? That's a mo- Thank you, ma'am. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Get the best gift. God's gift in your life is Jesus Christ. And he wants to save you. He wants to heal you. He wants to make the world a difference in your life. If you would ask him to come into your heart. One more time. I'll give you one chance and I'm going to pray. Anybody else? I don't want to leave it. Thank you. I want to leave anybody out. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. You know... I know I asked you to close your eyes, but I'm going to say, you can open it and stand with me. Let's pray. I want to, I want to take this holy moment um, um, and pray standing up before the Lord. Before I pray, I, I just want to say a couple of things to you, those especially that rose their hands. You see, he wants to make your life new. He wants to make your life new. There's a scripture, one of my favorites. It says that, behold, when you come to Jesus, all things have passed away and all things have become new. And what is about to happen is that Jesus is about to make things new for you. And you receive God's gift for you and that is Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask us to pray this prayer. Just pray together with those that raise their hand. Let's support him and do it together. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I, come to you today, I come to you today just as I am. Just as I, am. I thank you that you came, I thank you that you came to, our world. to our world. You lived our lives and you died on the cross for our sins. I accept your gift. I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I commit my life to you today. I receive the gift of God in my life today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's right.